handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. to another episode of the Righteous Prick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan. It is 12.33 p.m. East Coast time, December 26th, in the year of our Lord, 2021. If you can hear clickety-clacks, those are the sounds of Cookie Bear Covan leaving the room because she has gained a particular set of skills uh, to know when I'm discussing comedy, when I am doing anything comedy. I think she hears... Her hearing is so sensitive that she just picks up the subtleties of despair and um, harbingers of rage. So as soon as, I mean, if it's the morning and I'm talking about something not going viral or not getting returned to an email, she'll be sitting in her chair post-breakfast and you'll just hear clickety-clack and she will leave the room. Uh, you know, like like ants building up little hills during storms or something or when storms are on their way, that's cookie. She she knows when comedy is being discussed, and she gets the F out of living room dodge. Not afraid of bleh. Uh, but uh, yes, here it is, the day after Christmas, and uh, the misery never stops, the work never stops. Um, so uh, I decided to do this Sunday, because like I said, with these short weeks especially, day job, very demanding. So... Figured I'd get the episode up today. Um, the headline, folks, for anybody, and I know, um, you know, for both my podcasts, listening is down. Um, I, that may be because of holidays or whatever, but um, yeah, so so it's just, it's, it is what it is, um, but the, for those that do listen, that do care, uh, terrific news on the mom front. She had her surgery uh, this week for breast cancer, and it was her second uh, bout with cancer. Uh, I was joking with her. She's like RoboCop at this point. She's had two knee replacements. She had gallbladder removed uh, gallbladder removed many years ago. Uh, she had uh, 
I want to say uterine cancer when I was in law school and breast cancer now and went with her to the hospital. Uh, I watched Elf in the waiting room. I had about four hours to kill, so I read a little and watched Elf, you know, a cheerful movie, which a uh, quick, quick sidebar. Um, Elf has some funny parts, but it's not that good a movie. So let's just stop with the modern day classic. There are some funny images and scenes, but it is not a good movie. And about 65 minutes into the movie, I think the writers realize that. And all of a sudden we speed towards a conclusion. Um, for my money, diehard debate aside, I was very impressed with it's a wonderful life last year, which I watched for the first time last year. Um, and this year's Christmas offerings, uh, I watched uh, the aforementioned Elf, and I watched A Christmas Story for the first time. That's the movie that's on like 24 hours a day on TNT or TBS every year, and I never watched it because I was like, well, whatever. It'll be on next year for 24 or 12 showings, but I finally watched it on HBO Max, and um, I gotta say, I was I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously a little dated, but didn't really realize that it was just a straight-up kind of comedy. Um, so it was, it was, it was solid. Um, obviously there's always going to be a dated factor to these Christmas movies from different decades, but uh, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the Christmas story. Um, next year's movie uh, will be, um, next year's movie will be uh, Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, so look forward to that, everybody. Just 50, uh, just 52 weeks left. So, so plan Put it in your calendar, Righteous Prick Podcast, 72nd review of Miracle on 34th Street, 2022. Uh, anyway, back to the more important news. So um, obviously it was very stressful because a few weeks ago, the news for my, as I alluded to last week, the news for my mom uh, was not good. Um, they just sort of anticipated very bad news. My bro- I went to one set of appointments with my mom. My brother went to the other, which was actually with the doctor. And they both called me independently and were like, yeah, it's the prognosis is not too good, but we can hope for the best. Well, as it turns out, the scans revealed that there had been no spread. um, And when they did the surgery and the removal, um, it had not spread to the lymph nodes at all. So it was literally as, as far as I know and have learned, the best possible outcome. Uh, So, you know... um, I was just very uh, thankful this week. Uh, you know, that's a, I'm not prone to too much sentimentality, I guess, but that was something to be deeply thankful for in a real substantive way, not in a, I'm glad I got gifts and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was, I mean, like I said last week, my mom has now basically survived everything that has killed uh, every member of her family. Um, uh you know, I believe my grandfather, who I never met, uh, would, I think he died of, of heart disease, heart attack. Um, but my mom's mom passed away from an infection during a gallbladder surgery in the 50s. So that was traumatizing for my mom to have her gallbladder removed, albeit with significant improvements in science and safety. Um and then her sister, her older sister, when she was 21, her older sister passed away from cancer. Um, and then last year, her younger brother died of cancer. So she's now survived two bouts with cancer and gallbladder surgery. Uh, so that's 
you know, I don't know if she has survivor's remorse or survivor's guilt, whatever whatever it's called, but I hope not too much because we're obviously very happy that she is uh, an extremely lucky and an extremely tough person. And that's a, uh, I think that's a good combo to have. Um, I think I'm an unlucky pussy. And I think that would explain why uh, my career or plural careers have worked out the way they are. But part of that is because I had a uh, a, a pit bull of a mother. So, you know, that was, uh, that's, I think my mom thinks of me as like the Michael Corleone of the family, but it's really my brother who I think if we were a mob family, I think my brother would be Michael and I would be Sonny. There's no Fredos in our family. Okay. In case you were thinking that, um, no Connie's and no Fredos, but I think I'm the Santino, even though I'm the younger brother and my brother would be the cold calculating. Maybe my brother would be a Don Corleone, to be honest, just the benevolent, Vicious and tough when needed, but other than that, beloved Don. But I think my brother could have a little bit of Michael Corleone in him. And fortunately, I'm not Fredo, so I don't have to worry about him ever shooting me on a boat. Spoiler, Godfather 2. Um, but uh, yeah, it just just uh, incredible. Um, incredible luck and incredible tenacity. So very happy about that. That's the update. And thank you for everybody who, who, who messaged me uh, and, and wrote to me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really all there is, I think, to be... I mean, there's more to be thankful for, don't get me wrong, but that sort of overshadows everything. I uh, didn't get to see my mom on Christmas because uh, she doesn't like me. No, I'm kidding. Because, uh, you know, we're pl- sort of playing it safe with, with Omicron. Um, I was feeling very run down a few days ago, took a, an at-home test. I was like, God damn it, if DC gave me COVID or AIDS, I'm going to be pissed. And uh, so far, uh, no, negative on COVID. Uh, but I am going to get like a real PCR or whatever the fuck they call them, the real the real test where they skull fuck you with a Q-tip and then tell you if you have COVID. Um, so hopefully I don't. I don't think I do. Uh, I tested negative on the at home and I'm already feeling better. I was just run down because I had like five nights of terrible sleep in a row. Um, so I think that's it on the medicinal front, the health front. But that's obviously uh, overshadows everything. And it took me a full, I'm so proud of this. It took me a full three days. Sorry. Two and a half days before I made both my mother and the righteous girlfriend cry because of my depression tirades on Christmas Eve, um, which was which was not great. Not afraid of making it about me after my mom survives cancer. Uh, it was uh, I don't know what I, I think the holidays just. I, I I said to my to the righteous girlfriend, I said at one point, I was like, next year I'm going away for three days. I'm working in a soup kitchen for three days. That's that's the kind of dick I am. I threaten to do charitable work. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? If I'm this miserable next year, I'm gonna help others. Okay? That's how much I hate my life. I'm gonna do something good for other people out of spite to myself. Um but I don't know what it is. I I I, I think it's because I've been so stressed about comedy and um and and the day job that i my idea of a holiday weekend especially one religiously based uh at least for me would be go to church go to a soup kitchen and not see anybody and i know that sounds very antisocial but it's like it becomes a thing where i need some kind of time alone to just relax and be like 
but I couldn't, I couldn't, I was like getting, it's a, it's a fucked up thing. Like on December 24th, the morning of, I, all I kept thinking, my mind was racing. Like I have three days off. I can read a lot. I can like bang out a couple of Netflix movies. I can, and, and all of a sudden things that are supposed to be relaxing started, started racing through my mind. Like they were chores. Like I, I had a limited amount of time before my day job in comedy, uh, fucking ruined my mood and my life for another week starting Monday. So I was like in this panic. It's a very weird feeling. I don't know if anybody else feels this. And I think it's partly on me. It's something internal, but it's also external. Um, that, all, you know, on a little level, these streaming platforms start to feel like, like this is supposed to be entertainment, but it's like, it's one little thing. I have a pile of books that I'm trying to get through. And I have, a, I, have, I have 500 shows and movies that I'd like to watch. Even if I eliminate the ones where I'm like, I'm only watching this because other people say it's good, but do I really want to watch it? Even if I eliminate all those, I'm bogged down in that stuff. But it's a weird mentality to feel like you're bogged down in entertainment. It's like there, there needs to be an unplugging or a, a, like I go on, maybe I need to go to like some cabin for like four days with nothing but like a pen, paper, and like, uh, trail mix and and like fucking pray in silence and walk and hear nature and just go I don't care about anything else just for a few days I'm just maybe that's what I need to do because it feels like once I hit a three-day weekend especially with the way comedy has been just like depressing me and the way work has been stressing me it's it's almost like as soon as the three-day weekend begins, there's like a clock or a stopwatch going. And I'm like, holy fuck, we're already one day down. What the fuck are we doing? And today, you know, I'm, I'm 11 hours from going to sleep. And when I wake up tomorrow, it's day job time. So it's, 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 it's not a, a healthy mindset I have. And of course, I, I, I ended up ruining Christmas Eve for both my mother and, and the righteous girlfriend in separate, separate incidences where I was like ranting at, at home to like, What's the point of going to the gym? What am I trying to do? Prolong a life that sucks? This is, this is, this is how I'm talking three days after thanking God that my mother is in, in, in uh, 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 good health and, and had a, had a, a, a plus surgery, you know, according to the surgeon. So th- it, it's, you know, it's not good. I'm, I'm acknowledging this is not a, a good, generous, or healthy mindset to have, but I'm literally just sitting there going, so I go to the gym. Why? And, and, and you know. The unspoken thing is when I was in my 20s, there was a lot more motivation to go to the gym for on many fronts. And now it's just like, oh, I'm going to the gym because I don't want to die. Just the same way I go to work because I don't want to get fired. It's like, that's, that's bad. That's not good. <laughs> like, you want to have some greater motivation to the things you do. Like, I do comedy because if I quit comedy, I am a failure. If I continue doing comedy, I am only failing. I haven't finished the process of becoming a failure. So there's always that, that 1% chance of turning the ship around and, and finding success and even more elusive happiness. So it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a weird thing that the holidays do to me. I guess it does it to a lot of people, but um, I get very wrapped up in my own thoughts. So um, I then apologize to my mother. I didn't get her upset like I was mad at her, but she got upset knowing how unhappy I was. And I was like, what a selfish fucking dick I am to just not be able to control myself enough to just be like, yeah, just let your mom continue to be happy. This is already a stressful, sad enough time uh, in many ways, but also a, a, a time where she's probably still emotionally recovering from what felt like could have been a death sentence. Um, and I was just on the phone saying, 
you know, I'm watching my comedy career die while going to a job whose only motivation for me is not getting fired. And that's not something a mom wants to hear at the holidays. And then, you know, then you say to your your girlfriend, uh, hey, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Why is nothing working? Why is everything failing? What am I even prolonging this existence for? By the way, this is not like a suicidal thing. It's just sort of like, um, if like what am I? I said, what's the best case scenario? I have forty more years of existence with with nothing else. Um, so yeah, that's that's you know that's fuck the Grinch. Nobody can bring down Christmas like I can. But then I slept it off and as is the usual thing, just bounced back and uh, apologized and, uh, you know, said, don't worry, I'll bring down the righteous prick, the dwindling righteous prick audience in a couple of days. So that's how my holidays went. Um, total lack of perspective, total selfishness, total misery until Christmas Day, and then I turned it around. Um, I ate like a pig on Christmas, but that's okay because I'm back. Uh, I figured I was entitled to that. Um, and then I started wondering, like, I was like, is eating shitty on Christmas? I ate poorly on Christmas Eve and Christmas. Um, but I kept wondering, I was like, is this altering? Am I like, is the sugar like fucking with me? Am I like, is it fucking with my brain chemistry? Like I've been eating healthy and now it's like bringing me back to the misery. Like, you know, you know, the way like a Pavlovian response, it's like, Hey, when I was eating tons of cookies and sugar, I was depressed and miserable. Is it making me, is it triggering those feelings before they actually happen? I'm like, uh-oh, I'm eating a bunch of cookies and candy. Does that mean I hate myself? So who knows if that's what was happening. But the point is, folks, uh, 2022 is my year. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 2022 is the uh, 14th straight year where I'm declaring it my year. One of these years I have to be correct, right? No, the answer is no. I could be incorrect. It's like betting red on a roulette table. Sure, it should come up sometimes, but you could also watch 25 black numbers come up and realize you're bankrupt and crying at a roulette table. So that is my Christmas. Great news about mom, not great news about me as a person, uh, but we're bouncing back, folks. So uh, I guess a couple of things. Oh, and, and today I went to mass, had to bang out the back-to-back masses this weekend. Ain't that a blip? The Because uh, you got Christmas mass on, the, on Saturday morning, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, 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 that doesn't count for Sunday. This is just another Sunday. The Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, often used as a benign expletive, but also that's exactly what today was about. And one of my first bits on Racial Chameleon, my first album, is about Owen Wilson playing Joseph, just being flabbergasted that, you know, Mary used to be with God, and I'm supposed to compete with that? He's huge. That was the, that was the, uh, you know, the punchline. Uh, before Owen Wilson became Mobius. And now uh, in, in uh, Loki, although there's a Jared Leto Marvel movie, because wh- who isn't doing a Marvel movie? I'll tell you who. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, and Daniel Day-Lewis, okay? That's who's not fucking doing a Marvel movie. That's who's not selling out their artistry. But um, there's like a Jared Leto Marvel movie called Moribus or something, whatever the fuck it's called. And I was like, is this going to be my David Letterman Uma Oprah moment where I'm talking as Owen Wilson, introducing Mobius to Moribus? 
Hey, my, my, I'm Mobius, I'm from Loki, you're a variant. What's your name? Oh, you're like a vampire named Morbus? Cool, man. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, went to Mass today, again, back-to-back days. Blessed are thou who dropped big checks Christmas weekend in the collection plate. But um, this woman and her, and her, this woman, they just cut me on the line for... For communion, the Eucharist. They just cut me. Like you go row by row, and I was walking out of my row, and then she just couldn't wait the extra three seconds as I shimmied through the through the pew. And just she cut me. And then and then I did the right thing, which is like, well, yeah, you know, your son and your husband, uh, who's obviously a, a total uh, a total cuck, you know, because we just you know what the ser- you know what one of the readings was today. Wives, obey your husbands. Husbands, do not nag your children and do not give your wives reason to be bitchy or whatever, you know, whatever the scripture says. That controversial, like, how can they say that? How can they say obey your... Well, you know, the priest obviously does some some linguistical magic to make it sort of more applicable and palatable to today. But the point being, we just heard wives obey your husbands and here's your husband trailing you, saying nothing as you cut another member of the parish in line for Eucharist. And I had about a 30-second walk until I was to receive the body of Christ. And I really had to tamper down the rage. I was like, this is not a mindset to receive the body of Christ. This is not to to just be have my, you know, fortunately I was wearing a mask to stay safe, but the jaw was clenched with rage under that mask. And I was just like, oh boy. This is not how I want to, I want to be at a place of peace. Uh, you know, so I, I, in the course of that 30 seconds, just had to be like, turn the other cheek, JL, turn the other cheek, just because this woman just couldn't obey protocols and just couldn't, you're hard to miss. You're clearly walking through the pew to get, to go up there and get the Lord. But here she, you know, here she is just, no, me, me, I'm going. And uh, I think in those 30 seconds, I was able to, 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 to calm myself enough where I felt worthy. Uh, but, whew, it's, uh, I don't know what's going on here, folks. We are, we, are, uh, we are teetering on the edge of rage far too much. And it's really mostly self, self-directed. But, you know, uh, just unpleasant. Just un- like. My version of Scrooge is less Bill Murray's Scrooged and more of a Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood. That's sort of my version of A Christmas Carol, just sitting at a desk grimacing, talking about how I hate most people, and, uh, you know, at the end, beating a youth pastor to death. (laughs) Anywho... Um, I guess I only have a couple things to talk about review-wise and stuff, and then I'll let you get on with your week. But obviously, we have shows coming up, folks. We have, uh, um, you know, I feel like I've I've written and put out amazing content. I hate the fucking. I'm, I'm remind me never to say content in a in a genuine way. If I ever use the word content again, it must be ironic or with deep scorn. But um, I put out a mega Christmas video. I did a bunch of cameos this week, um, so it was it was a good week as always. Uh, Christmas week for the for the side hustles. Um, 
So please go check out the mega YouTube video I put out. Those views pay. Um, if you just click on the video tab of my J.L. Covan uh, YouTube page, it should be the most recent video. Um, it's like 10 minutes, but it's like Chappelle, Mitch McConnell, like all, all your favorites, um, giving like a, a one to two minute Christmas message. I think it's, you know, some of my best work, but whatever. Uh, just go enjoy that or don't. Um, but show-wise, uh, I'm going to finally, as we kick into January, really start making some real direct contact with people um, in, in sort of uh, publicity and, uh, and, and just in those cities. But uh, Chicago, January 27th, uh, Chicago Improv. February 2nd, San Jose Improv for you Northern California folk. Uh, February 6th, Flappers in uh, Burbank, California. Uh, February 10th. Wise Guys in Jordan Landing, Jordan's Landing in Utah, which is like a 20-minute drive out of Salt Lake City. So, uh, you know, looking forward to all those. And obviously, f- end of February, we I'm on Billions on Showtime. So, you know, that's where we're, we're hitting our stride, I guess, maybe, possibly. Um, wouldn't surprise me if COVID shut everything down. You know, you live by the COVID, you die by the COVID uh, is, is my career's motto. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so hopefully, I mean, I, you know, that's the other thing is I know a lot of people don't listen to this anymore, um, or they, yeah, some people, but, oh, and I'm in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Sorry, I almost forgot that one because uh, their fucking website still doesn't have, <laughs> by the way, we are 12 days away from me appearing at the club. I've had the gig booked for, I think, almost three months. They finally put up one night, the Friday night ticket link, where my headshot is sideways, which, you know, really not a very professional look to like look like, oh, you couldn't put your headshot correctly on the website. Wow. Can't wait to see this cognitively impaired moron perform at our club. Um, and then the Saturday show, which people are asking about, ticket link still not up. 12 days. 12 days before the show. Ticket link not up. So, you know, I'm going to take this money. Uh, I'm going to take their money and... Um, you know, uh, just put it to good use, put it in my bank account and, um, and say never again, hashtag never forget, uh, what a disgrace it was. But yeah, I guess I'll be, and I got a card from fans in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which was delightful. And I know they listened to the show. So thank you for that. Um, still trying to figure out how you got my address. Cause I, but, but I know my address is available, not my apartment. Um, but, but, but since I know you list from the card, they included a Ron Reagan, uh, not afraid in the card, so I know they're righteous, righteous prick people. Um, so I hope to see you at uh, in Harrisburg um, uh, as I trash not your city but your club. Um, but yes, I will perform there. I will give it my all. I will deliver the goods that I've been delivering to various uh, small but passionate crowds across this country. That started to sound like Mike Pence. Uh, I've been going around this country talking to great young Christian men about their pecs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, January 7th and 8th, assuming that, that the gigs uh, remain um, on. Uh, I will be in an N95 mask the entire time except when speaking on stage because I don't trust the vast majority of central Pennsylvania. Uh, and I don't trust Omicron. It's a sneaky bitch. So uh, that's that. And I guess that's that. Yeah, so then I have knee surgery in March. So I, I'm I'm going to be uh, not even requesting gigs until mid-April and beyond. Um, so that's for whatever that's worth. Um, would uh, I've said this enough. I've said this. I've said this enough about billions and, you know, but I, you know, 
I don't know. It'd be nice to have some representation. I don't know when the special's coming out. Uh, I know the special's great, but who gives a shit? Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, I almost forgot. See, I'm so miserable. I almost forgot. I have like a an A plus special um, waiting to come out, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that that will do. It probably won't do anything. And I'm, but. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot on the horizon. Um, but also as you guys can probably tell, that's a lot to disappoint me. There's, there's a lot of, you'd like to think there's opportunities for success, but it feels more like many opportunities for disappointment. But I'll tell you what doesn't disappoint me on fucking stage. So get your tickets, folks. Um, you may think I'm, uh, 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 maybe the reason I'm so miserable is because I really have to save up all my positive energy and skills for the stage because that's the one place um, hey, uh, sometimes you, you make your mom cry on Christmas Eve after she's recovered from her second bout of cancer. Sometimes you make your girlfriend cry two hours later because you see no hope or goodness in your life or the world. But you never, ever do that to your audiences. <laughs> so, yeah. Get tickets to those shows if you're in those cities. And if you're not in those cities, um, don't tell me that you're not in those cities. Uh, I will assume it when you don't show up to the shows. <laughs> you don't have to tell me the eve of a performance. I uh, wanted to make it but can't, so hopefully the sending you this negative news six hours before you get on stage and you're nervous about how many ticket sales you have, uh, hopefully that doesn't ruin your night and put you in a bad mood. So there you go, folks. A couple of reviews and then I'll get out of here. Um, one thing. I discussed Spider-Man No Way Home last week. Uh, very controversial that I was uh, stern with that 11-year-old who, um, you know, the fact is uh, when, when, you, when you cry midway through a Spider-Man film and you kick a stranger four times because you lack body control, um, there's obviously a, a lack of uh, fatherly presence in the home. And if I have to be your surrogate father for 10 minutes during a Spider-Man film, then so be it. Okay? I, hell, I'll have sex with your mom two seats over if that's what it takes to provide strong male role model leadership in your life. But um, no, as I said, I was very as I was I was uh, I judged the, the child for crying, of course, um, because he was more like weeping. It wasn't even like a lump in my throat. It was like you know, you know, throw yourself on spoiler, 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 spoiler. Skip ten seconds. Spoiler. Spider Man. Spoiler. Spider Man. Spoiler. Throw yourself on the casket of, spoiler, I'm going to say somebody who passed away, okay? So just skip 10 seconds. Throw yourself on the casket of Aunt May, okay? Like it's, a, like it's a, an emotional black funeral all you want, but not on my watch, okay? So moving on from that, uh, I did also express remorse at how tough I had been, you know, that, that I couldn't, that, that he, the kid seemed scared of me, Um not because I said anything or did anything, but I, when I said excuse me, I was a giant man saying excuse me. And then I, as I expressed on the podcast, felt bad because I just one day would like somebody to, um, you know, the way a busty woman will say my eyes are up here and then, you know, you respond, yeah, I don't give a shit though. I'm looking at your tits. The, I want to say to people, no, no, please don't judge me by my imposing size and my angry eyebrows. I'm just simply asking for manners like like hey imagine i was a a a, a four foot eleven uh 
homely but kind woman also wanting manners. You wouldn't be intimidated then, so don't be intimidated now. Just, 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 just say excuse me or sorry if you kick a stranger in the leg. Don't wait until the third time when he goes, excuse me. But anyway, that kid is my new stepson. That's what I wanted to reveal on this episode. I did, in fact, ask his mom out after the movie, and uh, we got it on, and now uh, I'm going to be that kid's stepfather. So there is a happy... No, I'm just kidding, guys. And then I made her cry on Christmas Eve, and it's all over. Anyway, um, they're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, they're, they're, pitching, they're, they're, they're doing an Oscar campaign. They're going to try and get it a Best Picture nomination. And... Here's the thing, and I'm talking to Rod of the Black Guy Who Tips specifically here, because I think this is a great opportunity for a Kyrie Irving, Ted Cruz sort of coalition, an un- unlikely coalition. I, of course, stan The Dark Knight. I think it's uh, one of the greatest movies of the last 25 years, and I think it is the unquestionable champion of the comic book universe. And it, it laid the groundwork for comic book movies to be considered greater than just mass entertainment. In fact, um, like Wilt Chamberlain, who got the rules changed for him because he was so great and dominant, it was the Dark Knight's snub at the 2008-9 Oscars that got the Best Picture category expanded beyond five nominees. So uh, I think the the legacy uh, of the Dark Knight should be secure in everyone's mind, but there are some people... um, who think that Black Panther could and should be considered the goat among comic book films. Um, I call these people lunatics, but it's a free country. And But what I see here is a chance for an unlikely coalition, um, a Chuck Schumer and a Liz Cheney sex tape, if you will, where the Black Panther coalition joins forces with the Dark Knight coalition to condemn the absurdity, the lunacy of a Spider-Man No Way Home Best Picture campaign. Because once that happens, once that atrocity occurs, which, by the way, as I said on Twitter and Facebook, say what you will about Harvey Weinstein, but under his strong leadership in Hollywood, you would not be witnessing a Spider-Man No Way Home Best Picture nomination. He would have done whatever it takes, and I think you know what I mean. He would have done whatever it takes to get four other indie films nominated before Spider-Man No Way Home got nominated. He would have resurrected Aunt May, sexually assaulted her, then re-murdered her just to make sure that that movie doesn't get nominated. Spoiler again. I forgot to say that. Spoiler again. Damn it. Damn, I, I apologize. But you know what? If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, it's probably not as important to you as the people who saw it the night of. And it's been, it's been out for a little while. So I, I apologize if, that's, if, that's, uh, if I ruined that. Um, I did not want to do that. But you know what? It was worth it for the joke, wasn't it? Yes, I think it was. So I... Um, I seek biracial, bi-movie, bipartisanship to stop this absurdity known as the Spider-Man No Way Home Best Picture campaign. I think if 
if Avengers Endgame, which was a great movie, didn't get the nomination, and if the first Spider-Man with Tom Holland, I actually think was great. As I've said before, I don't think that I'm not an anti-comic book person. Have I? Am I exhausted with them now? Kind of, but no. Spider-Man: No Way Home. No, it's it's a it's 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 a nicely done nostalgia fest uh, for for comic book people. If it gets nominated for Best Picture, we will have entered a point of no return in our art and culture. Like I I, I thought of a joke where I said. Oh, if Spider-Man and No Way Home gets nominated for Best Picture, does that mean we're in the timeline where everybody's a fucking idiot? Is there a different timeline in the metaverse where people still um, can distinguish, I think this was fun from I think this is great? Uh, and speaking of which, I watched season two of Ted Lasso, folks. Can we stop now? Can we stop? The Ted Lasso is amazing. It's fine. Uh, Jason Sudeikis, I think, is a talented guy. I'm exhausted. Exhausted with Ted Lasso, the character. Exhausted. Um, it's, it combines two of my least favorite things in the world at this point. Midwestern folksiness and alt-comic nonstop reference-making. Um, it's a fine show. My favorite by far in season two was the two-episode arc of the guy, uh, the, the chubby comedic black actor who was in um, uh, Detroiters, which I didn't really care for, but uh, Veep, he was, he was Richard in Veep, a, a phenomenal character, which I think like, kind of launched his, his career or at least gave it a monstrous boost because he was so damn funny on Veep. He played like an, uh, 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 a Ghanaian uh, billionaire who was trying to get uh, one of the players to join uh, an African league. And I thought his two, I guess it was two episodes, maybe three, but Ark was just so good because it was just, it was like a non-humorous role, not a dramatic role, but it was just a non, you know, moving the plot along. And then he has just a hilarious scene in the second to last episode or the last episode, but just tremendous. It's a nice show. If you like it, great. I think it's okay. I think it's nice. I think it's a nice show. I think it's um, a pretty well made. I'm a little bo annoyed, not bored, but annoyed with the character Ted Lasso, who's obviously the centerpiece. They gave an entire episode to maybe my least favorite character on the show, Beard, um, who seems like he was written in there specifically for a, by an alt comic who who perceives himself as the real hero of comedy and then wanted a sort of avatar in the Ted Lasso world. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of like plot-wise, I liked where it ended, but I don't know if I'm really going to get into a season three. With with everything that's out, I just feel like I'm like, I gave it two seasons, it's fine. Um, but this whole smile-fest, feel-good fuckery that has invaded comedy uh, awards with, you know, first it was uh, Schitt's Creek. Obviously, I've been very vocal about that being a nice show that it wasn't that funny. Um, and Ted Lasso is sort of the same thing, and I don't understand um, I, maybe I'm just out of step. I know that people laugh their asses off when they see me perform and they like my videos, but, but at the same time, I feel like, am I just out of step with, with what, where the world is going in terms of comedy, in terms of, 
Um, should I just be an algorithm chasing piece of shit and just like cash, try to cash in instead of making things that I perceive are good? Because <laughs> um, for me right now, my two favorite comedies, I, I am going to start watching Southside, and I joked with, with Rod and Chris uh, on, on, on uh, Facebook, um, Chris Lamberth, Rod of the Black Eye Tips, uh, that after reading an article in The New Yorker about Southside, I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it again. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll try it. I didn't try it. I just sort of ignored it. But there seems to be this thing where Comedy Central keeps making like one ep- one season of shows that people really like, and then they just don't make another season. And HBO Max took took the other two and Southside. Now the other two, I'm going to say right now, without having watched Southside, when the Emmys for Best Comedy are announced next year, there's two shows that I want to see nominated, and I want to see one of them win. One of them is Curb Your Enthusiasm which in its whatever it is, 11th season, I think may be its best season yet. Um, that show's been nominated a bunch, but it's that, it's, that, it's that nominee that everybody seems to take for granted. Like, oh yeah, Larry David, comedic genius, made Seinfeld, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, love it, never gonna win. The idea that Curb Your Enthusiasm has zero wins, and don't get me wrong, in, in other years it was competing against very strong comedies, you know, like The Office and Parks and Recreations, Modern Family, maybe even Arrested Development. I don't know if they ever overlapped, to be honest. But, but in other words, all-time comedies, strong comedies, comedies that actually showed that you could feel good and make people laugh hysterically and not just have to choose one or the other. Um, and then, of course, Transparent won one year. Um, and SNL, one of the, in, in, in the best episode of SNL of the last 20 years, maybe the Tom Hanks episode, Black Jeopardy, Sully, uh, t- uh, Ro- what was his name? Pumpkins, David S. Pumpkins, a, a, an often, a not, not often mentioned, not mentioned often enough sketch in that one was the parody of Transparent, where it was like this really depressing drama but they were, but one of the quotes from the critics was like it's a half hour so it's a comedy and then it's just like people going ah yeah like it was it was a hilarious send up of transparent and the idea that that show was a comedy well we've only tripled down on this idea of comedy now being about in show form feel good and in stand up form uh serious exploration of issues so you 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 go from transparent to Hannah Gadsby to Schitt's Creek, to, to, to Dave Chappelle, to Ted Lasso, where the laughs aren't coming very strong, but the powerful feelings or the feel-good smileness is coming through very strongly. Well, Curb Your Enthusiasm has zero Emmy wins for comedy. Schitt's Creek has one. Ted Lasso has one. Anybody out there want to tell me that, that, that Schitt's Creek or Ted Lasso is a better comedy than Curb Your Enthusiasm? I don't think so. I, I don't know that that, that that argument can't be made seriously. And then we get to my show, The Other Two, which had a great first season on Comedy Central and then just disappeared. And like it disappeared close enough to the, to the pandemic that you're like, oh, was it the pandemic? Maybe. But then it seemed like Comedy Central just abandoned it and HBO Max dropped season two. And my goodness, it went from an excellent comedy to, for me to, to, a, to a God level comedy. I mean, episode five of season two of the other two, Chase Gets Baptized, I believe is the title of it. It is a send up of like a Hillsong church. It's called Christ Song in the episode. This is, I think, my favorite 
it might be my favorite episode of television of 2021. Um, but the whole season was really just masterful. Uh, and I mean really laughing out loud funny. And I don't know when that became like not the most important criteria of comedy. And the other two is, is inclusive. You know, it's, it's half the plot is centered around uh, a, a gay sibling who's, you know, exploring both his career and his sexuality uh, in a humorous way. So it is, it is touching on obviously underrepresented communities, but in, in a way that is just so, so damn good and so funny. Um, and the lead actress in the show who play, you know, she's just phenomenal. Like she should be nominated for get, get out of here. I call her the funnier, but less intimidating Kaylee Kowoko or however you pronounce her name, you know, the, 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 the flight attendant lady and the, the big bang woman. Um, but yeah, that's, I just, you know, give me some hope comedy gods. Just, just, even if it's not me, even if I just have to be the Moses or the John the Baptist of, 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 of saving comedy for the world. Uh, even if I'm just ushering in the savior, let, let there be signs like, Hey, you know what? One curb your enthusiasm, one best comedy or, 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 or the other two, one best writing for a, for a sitcom. Don't, don't, don't do this to me. Don't give me another Ted Lasso sweep. Although, Got to give a compliment to the Ted Lasso people before you completely bail on this episode. The guy who plays um, Roy Kent. I think he has gotten more miserable and more one note this season, but it works as com as comedic choice. His performance was the other than the guest appearance by the guy playing the Ghanaian billionaire. Um, wouldn't it be funny if the if if the if if you were from Ghana, you were called a Ghanaian? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um but the point being Roy Kent, I think that's Brett Goldstein if I'm not mistaken. Please feel free to correct me in the uh, Potomatic comments page. But um I'm pretty sure that's him and and he has made me laugh legitimately this season. I've I've enjoyed his performance and it's more like he's instead of he's he's shown a little bit of, you know, emotional range, but but mostly um just, you know, frowning misery, which I've got, you can probably tell I, I, I appreciate greatly. Um, so yeah, if you like Ted Lasso, great. There's nothing, there's nothing to, there's not much to dislike. Uh, but somebody has got to save comedy. If, if that, if, if that be my mission, if King Herod of comedy will one day behead me. Um, but I have said one day a comedian who's Mike Cord, I am not fit to adjust emerges, then so be it. I'm sorry that I'm getting into my John the Baptist quotes, but we just got out of Advent and, and Christmas season. So come on, get on board. Um, listen to the good news, folks. Uh, and as far as books go, uh, I've I made it 200 pages through Gomorrah, which is a 300-page book. Um, it reads too much. To be honest, after the 9,000th Italian name, I was just like, I'm lost. I'm just going to watch the show. I think I've done 200. 200 out of 300 pages is good enough for this sort of book that though the author definitely tries to personalize it with a lot of rhetorical and metaphorical flourishes, which I appreciate. It really just reads like a 300 page report on the Napoleon, uh, the Naples mafia or the Naples criminal syndicate. 
And uh, so I just quit after 200 pages. I'm just going to start the show soon. Um, so my next book is, uh, what's it called? Let me put on my glasses like an old fucking man because the book is across the room. Uh, the Dead Are Arising. Uh, it won the Pulitzer Prize, I believe, last year for, for, for biography. Um, it's about Malcolm X. It's, uh, it'll be the, another biography of Malcolm X, but this one is being dubbed the definitive biography of Malcolm X. So I'm going to read that. And, and also, the last one was by Manning Marable. And I'm, I'm forgetting the, 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 the title of that, but I read that, and that was like a New York Times top 10, and it might have also won the Pulitzer. So that's so basically, folks, um, if you want, to, but both authors died like either immediately preceding publication or immediately after of like, you know, terminal illness. And basically, um, I think I'd take that trade off. It's like, hey, if, you're, if you want a Pulitzer and you're willing to just die for it, uh, write a, a comprehensive biography on Malcolm X. Uh, the first one was like 2010 and then 2021 and uh boom uh you know it's a it's a tough trade-off i'll admit but uh yeah go for it anyway that's the next book up the dead are arising so we'll i'll let you know how that is hopefully i'll be done with that in a couple of weeks especially with a trip to harrisburg um extra reading time then but um yeah i think uh maybe that'll be my next album title are Ghanaians from ghana if you're from Ghana, are you a Ghanarian? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, this was a good episode, folks, I think. You know, I gave you a couple of laughs after revealing um, just just how deeply, if you think my podcast can ruin a morning, just imagine having to spend Christmas Eve with me. Huh? Now you're like, eh, podcast is a safe distance. I can appreciate his artistic misery without actually having to be immersed in it, like uh, the sad, like, like, like the poor, unfortunate women who are who are close to him so uh thank you for listening everybody this is the last episode of 2021 um a year that i have dubbed 2020 but with the worst pr agent so i hope you are all safe uh get boosted if you haven't it's the right thing to do for you for your family and your community um and if you don't uh you know so be it we're we're all fucked but uh <laughs> Um, thank you for everyone who has listened either sporadically or consistently this year. Thank you. If you've ordered a cameo, if you've, if you've watched my videos on YouTube, if you've come to a show, if you're coming to a show, if you've bought tickets to a future show, uh, I do appreciate all of you. Um, this is the one area where like, I think my personal and my comedy bleed together, which can sometimes be good and sometimes be miserable. But, um, if you're ever on the fence about coming to a show, uh, know that my shows, uh, this is, this is where I get to purge some of my darker thoughts about comedy so that when I see and meet paying customers at live shows, I deliver the goods. So don't let that be a reason not to come to a live show. So I hope to see many of you, some of you, all of you, uh, at live shows in 2022 and beyond. But, uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for putting up with me sometimes. And also you're welcome for some of the episodes that were really good. So if you haven't already, please check out Making Podcasts Great Again. We've got, we're, we're posting our awards episode in addition to a regular episode this week. It was an, a, you know, a tour de force by me. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, was, it was, you know, goat-level voiceover work on this week's episode where I was playing probably like six different 
um, of my impressions. But uh, I hope you were all safe. I hope you all had Merry Christmases. I hope you all uh, um, made it through. Uh, you know, I hope you and your families made it through 2021 all right. And I hope 2022 is better for all of us. So thank you. Um, you're going to listen to this Monday. But for 2022, I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>